And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ding, ding! How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Mo Keel for your Tuesday morning update. Before we start, don't forget, if you haven't already subscribed, you can get this podcast ad-free along with all the great writing that we do over at The Athletic by going to theathletic.com slash NBA show. A lot of stuff to do, so we're going to really jump right in. Hornets Bucks, the opening night or the opening game of the night, Mo. And this was a fun one. Charlotte picks up another win over the Bucks. I don't know how they do it. It's it, it's they just play so hard, Dave. No, <laughs> um, no, it was kind of a weird game in the sense of it had a very strong feel of a pickup game for the most part of it, you know, and, and not a lot of organization, not a lot of pretty offense or anything like that, um, and. It just kind of turns into a battle down the stretch in the last couple of minutes. And it's a little bit weird when you're saying, wow, the Charlotte Hornets sort of just out-executed the Milwaukee Bucks. But that's kind of what happened down the stretch in the last couple of minutes. There were a few plays that went the Bucks' way to make it interesting. But the big thing was LaMelo Ball's second half. You know, he's 2 for 10 in the first half. Finishes, he goes in the second half going 6-9. Six six Right, I think that was kind of the big, the big difference for the uh, the Hornets, and it didn't feel like the Bucks really had an answer for him. That's right. The Hornets came out after halftime. They had a thirty six point third quarter, led by Lamelo. He had sixteen points in the quarter, and Charlotte had a nine point lead going into the fourth. But this is the Hornets, and you saying that that little line about pickup was funny because I texted you. I was like, hey. We should talk about this brick fest to start the fourth quarter. Right. Both teams basically just going back and forth for the first six minutes of the fourth quarter, jacking up jump shots. It was awful, and I get why people say there are too many threes. The difference, Mo, is they're jacking up threes instead of 16-footers. I mean, it's really the only difference, but it was disorganized. Down the stretch, we got to talk about this because you know we, we focus so much on end of games, Mo, and I thought that there were some examples of good decision-making down the stretch. And poor decision-making down the stretch. Uh, Worst-case scenario happened for the Hornets. They were up four. Giannis gets a layup and one. <laughs> and it was confirmed by the replay. Uh, Giannis misses the free throw. Wes Matthews out-hustles the Hornets and gets the putback. So, well, tie uh, game. Well, even before that, Bobby Portis beats two Hornets to the ball and nearly tips it in, keeps the ball alive, and that let Matthews get the get the tip in. And that was kind of just the big the big play there. So I mean Matthews staying with it, but it started with Portis, you know, and he's on the side where they have two guys on him and he he manages to get his hand on the ball. So that was a big one right there. Yeah, and then uh they come back down to the other end. Lamelo isolates on the wing and he Gets into the into the lane, Mo, and, and I was wondering the, on the replay, where the, was the help? Where was the help? Where was the help? 
I don't know how you could help on that. Uh, he hits this floater kind of like twisting uh, uh, to his right with two hands, and, and he hits that, puts him up to, and uh, yeah, where was the help, Mo? No, it's hard because that's just in a position where there isn't any help, and you got to try to just sort of stay solid. You're not going to leave, you know, Gordon Hayward. You're not going to leave Terry Rozier in those instances, right? And that's kind of the two guys that were closest, if I remember correctly off the top of my head. But the thing was, you know, Wesley Matthews just can't get beat that badly. Like, that's kind of the big thing. It was, yo, you can't lose your matchup that badly. If you're going to lose it, you got to force him all the way into the paint because that's where your help is if you're the Bucks because they're very big on rim protecting. And let's let's not also sleep on this, Dave. That was a hell of a shot from Lamelo. It wasn't an easy one. It was a, <laughs> a little bit of a runner at the free throw line. Like not not all that easy. It was also the first shot he had hit in the quarter, right? So he had that great third, and then this was the first bucket he hit to to give him the lead there. And uh, Milwaukee was smart, man. They grabbed the ball out of the net, and they tried to get up court. Uh, Chris Middleton almost traveled, and they wound up taking a timeout with about eight seconds to go. Now, Mo, we talk about this all the time. Sideline out of bounds. What did they run? I mean, I think they tried to just run a clear out you know, for, for get ball, the ball to Giannis at the top and let him drive. But, you know, this is something that the Hornets did really well all game, Dave, was they did a great job just showing a ton of help towards Giannis all night long. And, you know, when he, when they came over to show help, it forced Giannis to kick it out to uh, Connaughton in the corner, and, and it was just a wild pass. And from that, it, it, Connaughton tries to save it, throws it to Wesley Matthews, the ball ends up going out of bounds. They never really had a chance on this play, but that was good defense from the Hornets and sort of just crowding the paint and like, yo, Giannis is not beating us at the rim. Yeah, the the Hornets were 11-11 and 11 in games that qualify for clutch stats, uh, according to the NBA. And, you know, this game felt like a toss-up for them down the stretch, but this is what young, talented teams do. They're able to hit that ceiling sometimes, and it looks great. Uh, but when they come crashing down to earth, that's when you throw up bricks for half a quarter. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. In Boston, Jalen Brown, 26 points. Jason Tatum had 24 as the Celtics beat the Pacers 101-98 in overtime. Mo, the story of this game, really, Jason Tatum just kept hitting big shots. Yeah, I mean, he hits a, the Celtics down, you know, the final seconds of regulation. He hits a big baseline, you know, like sidestep jumper to tie the game. And then the Celtics come down the other way. And with a great defensive play, from Josh Richardson, you know, with a, with a great closeout, forcing Holiday to have to kind of double pump on his his three point attempt, you know, forces overtime, and then just from there, the the it was still close, but the Celtics were just able to hold on with just quality play from like role players. Yeah, Robert Williams had fourteen points, twelve rebounds, and to me, Mo, the two biggest plays made in overtime were made by Rob Williams. He had that fantastic block, and you know what we always say, good defense turns into good offense. Jalen Brown gets the rebound, gets the Celtics out in transition, hits Josh Richardson with a pass, and then relocates, and he does the thing that you've been waiting for the Celtics to do. 
makes the extra pass to the corner Mo, finds Grant Williams, puts him up five with a minute 50 left. I basically thought that was it, but that's the sort of stuff you've been looking for out of this Celtics team. That's the stuff I've been screaming about, you know, just making that extra pass. And I think it's gone a long way there. And I think it's all interesting. And one more thing that's positive about this was a game, Jalen Brown, six assists, zero turnovers, you know, like there was some ball movement there on the flip side, Jason Tatum, four assists, eight turnovers, not quite the ratio you want there, but positive stuff there. It's, 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 a little bit better. I mean, you know, we we know after every loss, Celtics fans are looking for Yudoka's head, and I think you know sometimes that's that's rather unfair here. But this one was this was a nice little win for the Celtics. I know it's the Pacers. I know they're struggling. They're not a great uh, record, you know, and 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 all of that stuff. But this they're still kind of scrappy, and I think you got to kind of give the Celtics a little bit of credit for hanging in there, you know, and pulling up some big plays down the stretch, and and not being totally reliant on the Jays. You know, you touched on it. You know, Williams with the big block, Grant Williams with the big three. I mean, there's a little more going on there that they can – those guys got to start trusting those other guys a little bit to help them out. Yeah, and it it wasn't all just – easy going for the Celtics to close this thing out. I mean, it got ridiculous. This is the Celtics. Uh, Indiana got a quick two. Uh, Tatum turns the ball over. And and then up four, the Celtics fouled a shooter on a three. I mean, so, uh, you know, with three seconds left. So it was still messy, but there were some positive signals here for for the Celtics. But the biggest takeaway for me is that Rob Williams can make plays for you defensively that just nobody else on this roster can. And so, Keeping him out there in these sorts of situations to me just makes so much sense. you got to trust Rob Williams. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. In Portland, Anthony Simons had 23 points and 11 assists for the shorthanded Portland Trailblazers who beat the Nets 114-108. I dare say disappointing loss for the Nets, Mo. This is Kyrie Irving's second game back. I want to start with the Nets because, you know, they're the team we have expectations for. Big-time bummer loss for them. Yeah, but also a weird scheduling quirk here because this game was originally postponed and they had to kind of reschedule it. So just so everybody knows, they played San Antonio in Brooklyn yesterday, and it was an early start game. It was a 12-30 Brooklyn time game. And then playing the second night of the back-to-back in Portland. That never happens, right? Like, that's not how the NBA will even schedule it. You're not even supposed to fly over that many time zones in a back-to-back situation. So this is tough. And KD, that game went to overtime against the Spurs. KD played 43 minutes in that game. KD played 42 minutes in this one. You know, so very challenging for the the, the Nets just on the energy level. And then they lose... Claxton into uh, a sore hamstring midway through the third quarter. I think it was, you know, it, it, it becomes a situation where like, you're just running out of bodies and not because of protocols. Like you, you guys are just not really that healthy. I think, and you're running it into some of these issues here. You know, they had to play Dayron sharp 24 minutes of rookie and they were playing him down the stretch, you know, and, and the lack of a big is really beginning to show even more for the, 
the Nets. You know, they gave up 11 offensive rebounds, but it felt like they never, even when they got a defensive rebound, it never felt like a clean one. Felt like a Portland Trailblazer got a hand on it, almost had a chance at it, but they found a way to scoop it up. But it just never felt clean in that end. Yeah, I think actually Daron Sharp, he's in my notes here, is a is a bright spot for them. Uh, you know, 14 points, six of six from the field, had seven rebounds. Thought he showed great energy. I actually liked his passing. He had a couple of assists, but he made some reads, I thought, in transition that uh a little bit surprising. I you know, my question here is, you know, you Bruce Brown just isn't playing. You know, what's going on with that? I I know we're not going to figure that answer out here, but it just stands out to me that you have Anthony Simons having a game like this, and it's not like Portland has a bevy of options to choose from. You'd think that you could put Bruce Brown out there and shut him down. But let's switch over to to Portland because Anthony Simons has been on a nice little run. Last 10 games coming into this one, he averaged like 17 points a game, been the number one option for a, you know, a little over a week. Dame is out and, and maybe, maybe out for a long time. We're not sure yet. CJ's still out after the collapsed lung and now uh, with his child uh, coming. And so Anthony Simons running the show. And plain and simple, he's been showing off, Mo. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go. I'll raise you your ten games, and just looking at the four games going into this one, not counting the games from the uh, uh, Brooklyn game, the last four games before this, twenty nine points, shooting fifty four percent from the field, fifty one point one percent from three, with eleven three point attempts. Dave, eleven. That's a lot. That's that's not a small number, folks. That's insane. Um, averaging six point eight assists and two point eight turnovers, like. That's impressive numbers from him, you know, and that's kind of the stuff you want to see from a guy that's been in your system. He's a fourth-year guard at this point. There was a lot of hype around him last year. Didn't really pan out, but this year it's really beginning to show, and I think uh, that's that's exciting for Portland because this has not been a year where there's been a lot of excitement. Yeah, not at all, and and they got some good production from the rest of the lineup. Ben McLemore and Robert Covington both Hit five threes in this game. Nasir Little had a nice game. Uh, Nurkic looked pretty good. Threw some really nice passes out there, uh, facilitating the offense for them. So, hey, man, this is a nice little bright spot for Portland. That's going to do it for the show, folks. Don't forget, we got tampering coming up next right here on the Athletic NBA Show. So stay tuned for that. For Mo, I'm Dave. Wishing you guys a great rest of your week. Mo, let's get out of here. Big day. Big day.